Episode 9 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. It's time to get you moving. Righto guys, welcome along to episode 9 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles, your monthly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that come along with it. Well, um, um, I've changed my, my room that I record in today because it's a beautiful sunny day in Christchurch and I decided I'd move out of my normal studios and sit in my lounge so I've got the sun beaming down on me and I'm feeling feeling pretty good. So anyway, <laughs> that's kind of a random bit of information for you. Um, we're going to be getting into this month's show pretty soon, but there are a couple little bits of housework I have to talk about before we start the month's show. And the first one is, is that I've started doing a YouTube clip around each month's show. So for those of you may have, some of you may have seen that last month's show, the one about the how question, I've done a YouTube clip based on the key content from that show as well. Now, I just figured the more areas you can get the content out to the world, the better. So if you can help me in any way, just if you want to forward on the YouTube clip to friends of yours who may, you know, you may feel get some value of some of the content on the show, that'd be really, really great. I will have a link to the YouTube clip, or the YouTube clip to this one will be on my website, bevanjamesisles.com, uh, where the show notes will be. So you can check out the YouTube clip and you can see it's pretty much the same message that you're going to get on the podcast. It's a duplicate, duplicate kind of thing, I should say. And uh, so, but it's just an easier way for other people to get the message out there. So you can check it out. The other thing that you may want to do when you sign up or when you go to my website is to sign up for the the weekly newsletter that comes along with my, well not really weekly, just whenever I put writings on the internet, you'll get an email just with my writings. The reason you may want to do that is just lately I've been getting lots of emails from people wondering when the next podcast is coming out and because it's a monthly show, I generally try to release the show at the beginning of each month but you know, the, the exact day is, is not always the first. It can sometimes be the second or the 31st or the 30th of the month beforehand. So um, some people were emailing me saying, well, when's the next one coming out? Which is great. I love that you guys are keen. But the best way for you to find out is just to go on my email list. And if you go on my email list, that way you get an email just telling you that I've released the show and you can listen to it now. Um, if you're on that list as well, the other thing is that you'll actually get your my write-ups email to you every time I release a write-up. Now, sometimes it's, it's normally around once a week, but sometimes it's once every couple of weeks as well, depending on what's on my plate at that time. So again, go to bevanjamesisles.com and you'll just go to one of my articles that I've written. At the bottom of that article, it just says, do you want more of these emailed out to you? Just a couple of things on there. I won't spam you. I'm, it's not about spamming you. I'm not going to be sending through ads and trying to sell your crap. It's purely just you know an easy way for you to get you know, what I'm putting out there. So again, bevanjamesisles.com on that one. Lastly, I've got some great feedback on last month's show on Change Your Focus. And uh, I think I might actually read some of them out at the end of this show because there's some really interesting stuff coming through from you guys on how that's helped you address some of the things, you know, where maybe you were focusing on the wrong areas. So it's really rewarding for me to actually see that you guys are applying stuff that we're learning and taking that forward. So good stuff. Anywho, I suppose if anything, if you do want to email me, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. And again, I always respond within 24 hours. So uh, yeah, you know, feel free to email me. Anywho, 
Uh, as I'm sitting here in the sun, I'm going to put some music on and I'm going to start this month's show. And to be honest, I think this month's show is a pretty important one. I live in this world of, of fitness professionals. And we're very passionate as fitness professionals, especially in the group fitness world that I'm in. And, and we have this thing that we are changing the world. Uh, I work for a company called Les Mills, and one of our big kind of mission statements is creating life-changing fitness experiences everywhere, every time. And, and the concept behind that thinking is that, you know, us fitness instructors can really influence the world to make it a healthier, better place for the people who we can influence. And I have this lady called Mid who I work with. And now Mid is one of the most outgoing people you'll ever meet. She's one of those people who just is continuously laughing and it brings an energy to the world that's pretty special. And um, her and I get on really, really well. And she has this really light side to herself that's quite fun and uplifting. And then she has this deeper side to herself which shows a real intelligence and understanding of the needs of the people that we are trying to affect in this world. And a while ago, Manoa were talking there, sitting down, having a conversation around things, and she said to me how we're really losing the battle. And and I asked her what she meant when she said, you know, we're losing the battle. She said, you know, we, we, we preach or we, we really try to influence fitness instructors with this concept of, you know, changing people's lives. But really, as an industry, the fitness industry is losing. People are becoming more unhealthy, becoming more unfit, and the health implications for society are pretty massive. And she's right. While in my world, I feel like I'm making a big influence on the people I touch every day, it's mainly because I'm seeing the people who are already fit. And that was what Mid's point was, that really, the general population, the people who we don't see every day, are actually losing the battle. I've put a lot of thought into this over the last kind of period of time. Well, you know what, I've kind of known this stuff for years myself, but I've put a lot of thought into it recently because I think it's an area that we, as a fitness industry, really need to start putting our energy into so that we can create shifts in those people who are losing the battle because, if anything, you know, if we're just preaching to the choir, that's great and we should feel good about that, but if we're not really touching the real world, we're not making a difference. And I, and, I, and I really think about one of the problems with my industry as a whole is that we forget what it's like to be someone who's not exercising. That we lose the understanding. The understanding of the fear of exercise, the when movement is painful. The classic example is you get the fitness professional, and a lot of fitness professionals do this, because for fitness is one of those things in life, you get the two types of fitness professionals, you get the fitness professional who comes from a place where they have always exercised, so they're just naturally good at it, they'll be the person who was good at sports at school, and they've always come up with the ranks, and when they leave school they want to get a career in the thing they love, so they do you know, a PT course and suddenly become a fitness professional. And then you'll get the person who's had the transformational experience, who's come from a really harsh life, you know, or, or an unhealthy life is probably a better way of putting it. And something's happened in their life that's made them switch and they've had a transformational experience and then they want to put all their energy back into fitness. So they get into it and they start on this path and move into the fitness industry. And I think what happens is that both of those people along the path 
forget what it's like. And a common thing you'll hear fitness professionals say is, well, if I can do it, you can do it. And while sure that that was meant to be an inspirational thing to say that, you know, if someone's overcome adversity, someone else should be able to do it. And the logic behind that really makes sense. But if I'm someone who has a fear around exercise and has no experience for success with exercise, that doesn't really mean anything to me. And what we need to be doing as an industry is we need to be thinking of how we can understand what it's like to be the person who has only experience failure with exercise that instead of saying well I can overcome this you should be able to to be able to go what is it like to be in your world and then what can we do to help you overcome the health problems that your world presents to you and for me if we can shift into that place maybe we'll start to win the battle so Today's talk is, is kind of going to be focused more on the person who's not regular exerciser and who has failed with it. And I think I want to talk to a couple of things before I even start. The first thing is to give everybody an understanding of what it's like to be that person. And, and I know, you know what, I'm, I'm the guy who did come from a fitness background and through, through my schooling years. So in some ways, you know, maybe I'm not the best person to, to talk about this. But I am going to give some experience around this. One of the first things we need to recognise is that the person who is struggling with exercise, there's a couple of things I suppose we need to recognise. First of all, they probably know that they need to be doing some form of exercise. And they probably have a level of guilt or a feeling of failure around that. And the other thing that goes alongside that sense of disappointment in self because you know you should be doing it, is you have experience that backs up your thinking. So, for example, let's say you go into a new skill set. Let's say I go, um, I don't know, water skiing. And I go water skiing for the first time ever. And, and I'm a bit worried about doing it because I don't think I'm going to be good at it. Now, in that moment, I have experience, no experience around that. So who knows if I'm going to be good or not? But let's say I get up and I try and I can't stand up. And then two weeks later, I go out water skiing again and I try and I can't stand up. And then again, the next day I go and again and I try and I can't stand up. And after 15 times of trying, I still can't stand up. Every time I move forward towards trying again, it's going to be harder and harder for me to even try because every time I've experienced this water skiing, this concept of trying to stand up, I have failed. And a lot of people out there with exercise, that's what they are experiencing. It's like they've stacked the cards up against themselves and every time they've tried, they've failed. And so they look at exercise and A, they've never been, or they may have been successful in the past, but they haven't been successful in a long, long time. So they, so they have this experience based on failure. So when they think, oh, I know I should do exercise, they instantly think, I'm really bad at it. And they have experiences that back up that thinking. It's a really big thing because it's one thing to, to assume you're going to be bad at something but it's another thing to actually have real experiences that back up your thinking that you are bad at something and to shift that is a huge thing to overcome. Now if we go back to you know a lot of these people know that they should exercise I'm sure most of them have tried at some stage you know they probably went out for a walk or a run or tried a gym class and it was it was you know they tried it and then a week later they didn't do it and they didn't go back and 
So they have this negative experience around the concept of trying fitness. And that's really real, and I think we really need to acknowledge that. And, and as individuals and as a profession, and, and I suppose from here forward I'm not going to talk too much to the fitness professionals, I'm more going to talk to the people who are listening to this and identifying that they are the person struggling with exercise. And, and if you are someone who's strong at, at exercise, maybe you want to forward this talk on to someone who you, you know, you'll probably identify in this place, but is that we need to identify that you're coming from a place where you feel like a failure, and that is real because you have been a failure in it. And it's a pretty hard thing to overcome. So the first thing we need to start doing is looking at how we can change it around so that you can have experience around success with exercise. And I'm going to take I'm going to give you some steps. I'm going to oh, this is going to be a real simple podcast today because it's really these are the things that I think can help you get on a path that's going to get you to a place where you are exercising and creating a healthy lifestyle for yourself. And the first thing I want to talk about is is the concept of how people who have been away from ex- exercise for such a long period of time go into getting back into exercise with unrealistic unrealistic expectations around what they can do with their lifespan. And I, I, instead of kind of giving some more detail with that, I suppose I'll give an experience. So a while ago, I was, I was at home doing some work on my computer, and I got a phone call from my sister. Now, my sister is a couple years older than me, and she has three kids. She works part-time. She's mum's taxi. She's a busy, busy, busy woman. And, oh, you know, it's it's tough being a mum, especially when you've got three kids. And it's tough being a mum because most of your life, especially when the kids are young, is about putting your energy out to, you know, other people, your kids, your partner, you know, the society as such. And I think my sister got to the point where she just wanted to get something in for herself. So she rang me up and she said, Bev, I'm going to join a gym. And what I know of my sister, she's never really been a gym member. So I just kind of said, oh, really? Why is that? She goes, well, I want to do something for myself. And I've just decided, you know, last night I just decided I'm going to get up and I'm going to, I'm going to join a gym. I'm going to join a gym and I'm going to get really into it. So I kind of just thought, well, I'd ask her some questions. I said, well, why is that? And she goes, well, I just feel I've got no time for myself and I want to get some exercise in for myself. And, you know, I, you know, I think maybe the gym will be the answer. So I just kept on the path of asking questions. And I said, so when when we actually be able to go to the gym? And she kind of said, well, maybe I'll be able to get up in the morning you know, before the kids get up and go to the gym and do a class in the morning. Now, there's one thing I know about my sister. I love my sister to pieces, but she's never in her whole entire life been an early morning person. And so the idea of her getting up in the morning, you know, it wasn't that I totally didn't believe it could happen, but I knew that that would be a big ask for her to get up, you know, at 5.30 in the morning, to get up, get ready to go to the gym and all the rest of it. I said, oh, okay, do you think you'll do that? And she goes, well, maybe after a while I'd struggle with that. So I said, well, when else could you go? She goes, well, I, I get a break for lunch, you know, when, when I've got it at work. So maybe at lunchtime, I could whip to the gym, do a class, and, you know, do get a workout in. So again, I just kept asking questions. I wasn't trying to be a smart ass or anything like that, but I was just trying to give her some perception on, the, on, the, on what she was creating. And I said, well, you know, like, how long does it take you to get to the gym? She goes, well, it's probably going to take me 20 minutes to get, 10, 15, 20 minutes to get to the gym. And then I have an hour for lunch, so by the time I have a workout, have a shower and get back to work, I'll probably get a 20-minute workout in. And so I said, well, you know, is that going to be realistic? And she goes, well, probably not. And, she goes, and I go, what about after work? And she goes, well, the kids come home from school and I could get tea ready and stuff. And, and maybe once Dazzler, Dazzler's her partner, gets home from work, 
I can I can get it in then. It was it was it was becoming pretty obvious that her joining a gym was not really realistic in her lifespan. But what had happened was she got to the breaking point where she decided she wanted to have exercise in her life. And so she decided, well, bugger it, I'm going to to make sacrifices in all these other areas of my life so I can get exercise in. But because she hadn't really been, um, well, my sister's never been a huge exerciser as such, and so because she didn't really have the experience of knowing what demands come around exercise, her expectations about how she was going to fit it into her life were unrealistic. It's a common thing that most personal trainers, if you speak to a personal trainer, when you first get a new client, that what they tell you they can do and what they realistically can do, it's two completely different things. You'll have your meeting with your client and they'll come in and they'll say, oh, you know, I want to get fit. And you'll say, well, how much can you do a week? Well, I figure I can get two hours exercise in a day. And then, you know, two or three weeks down the program, you know, they've got no exercise in or hardly any because they came into it with an expectation that was unrealistic for their life. And so because of the unrealistic expectation, they came in and the personal trainer, an experienced one, probably wouldn't have written my program, they would have questioned further, but let's say the personal trainer took them on their word, writes them up this program that's two hours a day of exercise, this person walks away, the next day they woke up, they can't get two hours in, so they're instantly setting themselves up for failure. Now if we go back to what I was talking about before, that if you experience failure around exercise, you're always going to feel like you're losing, so it's going to take you off the path and move you away from exercise. So my first point for those people out there who are listening and have been away from exercises, you have to be realistic about the amount of exercise that you can fit into your lifespan, in your, in your lifestyle, I suppose, so that you can make sure you get it in. And the realistic point is, is so important because to me, in this early stage where you're trying to get you back into exercise, the key is that you're moving. And it's actually not about making sure you get two hours in a day because that's what somebody told you you need to do. The key is to build success around you getting out the door and moving. So in this first stage, I'd much rather someone came up to me as as a client of mine and say, you know what, I can manage 20 minutes a day realistically. Because I know that with 20 minutes in their mind, and that's realistic to their world based on facts, that there's a higher chance that they will do that. Whereas they come to me and they say two hours and it's not realistic, the first day they're going to be setting themselves up for failure. And every day from there forward, they're going to be feeling worse and worse about themselves because the expectation they've created for themselves has instantly meant they're going to lose. So my first point, make sure you have realistic expectations about how much exercise time you can fit into your life. And at this early stage, even if it's only 10 to 15 minutes a day, I know you know you may not get the most amazing results with that. That's not important. The most important thing is you're getting out the door. This is point number one. Create realistic expectations. The next point I want to talk about is the concept of breaking um, perceptions, I suppose. Breaking perceptions around what exercise means to you. And I thought I'd share an example of myself. I've, I've, I've been an excessive exerciser for, you know, pretty much from the age of 19 through to now, which I'm currently 33, unless you're listening to this years from now. But I don't mind saying 33 for a few years, but I'm currently 33. And so for me, for the last 14 years, I've been an excessive exerciser. 
actually a while ago I actually sat down and I wrote down I tried to figure out how many hours exercise I'd done in the last 10 years and I think I'd worked out that I'd done over 11,000 hours exercise in the last 10 years so so I'm I'm, I'm of the extreme you know I'm extreme exerciser and, and uh, at times it's been a little bit healthy on the other side of you know exercise but you know, I'm an extreme exerciser, but an interesting thing happened to me a while ago. I, I did Ironman for years. If you've listened to the podcast, you've obviously heard me talk about my Ironman experience. And in those years, you know, I was training anywhere. A, a light week would be, you know, high 20 hours, so 25 hours plus, and, and a big week would be above 40 hours. But really, I will train anywhere for, between about 30 to 35 hours a week, every week of my life for a real long period of time. So there was no real barriers around exercise to me at that stage. I was super fit and I was super willing to kind of confront any physical challenge that I could have. But an interesting thing happened to me a couple of years ago. I gave up Ironman around about two and a half years ago from now. And at that time, I really pulled back from the amount of exercise that I was doing. So going from around 35 hours exercise a week, I kind of dropped it down to around 15 to 20 hours, which is still a lot, I know, but you know that, that's a half or nearly a half drop in the amount of exercise that I was doing. And at that time, I really pulled away from the disciplines, or at least two of the disciplines of Ironman. I, I stopped swimming completely, and I only rode my bike for transport, which is you know, 10, 15-minute bike rides around town. I, didn't know, I no longer had you know, three or four hour bike rides. So after about a year and a half, I decided that I wanted to do a half Ironman, which back in the day when I was doing 35 hours was was nothing. But because I'd spent a year and a half with no swimming and no cycling, suddenly in my mind, the idea of going out and doing a four hour bike ride in preparation for my half Ironman race seemed really hard. I had all these barriers that I created around the concept of getting out there and doing a four-hour bike ride, I suddenly thought, well, what if I can't make it? What if it's really hard? What if, you know, what if I, I injure myself? What if I'm not good enough to do it? You know, I had all these perceptions around what it was going to be to do a four-hour ex- four bike ride. Now, I come from a place where I had experienced that lots and lots in my life. So for me, that should have been something really easy. But for the person who hasn't exercised in a long period of time, they don't even have that experience. They have no experience of getting out there and experiencing exercise. So you have me who is a you know, high-level exerciser who had pulled away from cycling for about a year and a half, who suddenly had these perceptions that were unrealistic because realistically once I got out there and did the bike ride, I, I, those, those perceptions had disappeared. But they were unrealistic because I magnified how hard it would be. That in my mind, a four-hour bike ride, which was 18 months earlier a lot easier, was suddenly going to be one of the hardest things I ever had to confront in my life. And that's what you find with the longer you step away from exercise, the idea of getting back into exercise becomes harder and harder. Because in your mind you create perceptions that the physical act of exercising is going to be a lot harder than what it is. Now, there's a couple kind of caveats I need to put around this. The first is that it's not that exercise is going to be easy as such, and that you know, like there is going to be a level of um, physicality to the exercise that is going to be a little bit demanding. But I think the first thing we need to do is when you want to break down that perception to get you out the door, is that. You need to go into exercise when you've been away from it for a long time with the idea 
that it's going to be as easy as possible. That's what I did with that four-hour bike ride. I said to myself, okay, well today, you can take it as easy as you want. Now for me, once I got out the door and got on the bike, I realized I was just, the perceptions dissolved really quickly and I was back to riding, you know, pretty aggressively. But for those of you who haven't exercised for a long time, in this first period, it needs to be as easy as you think it can be. That intensity isn't actually what you want. Actually, it's really interesting. I went and watched a talk by a guy called Bryce Hastings, who um, is one of the key educators for Les Mills International, which is one of the companies I work for. And, and he was talking about how there's basically two different types of people when it comes to exercise. The person who's exercised for more than five years. So the person who's exercised for more than five years, based on his talk, realistically, all they want from the workout is intensity. At the end of the day, they want to come in and they want to have the, the, the high level of stress, the physical stress that they get with the exercise so they can get that endorphin high and you know create that intensity that they get from it. So for those of you who listen to our experienced exercises, you probably identify this with this. You know, you want that big, hard, kind of killer workout. Whereas people who have been inconsistent with exercise and haven't had a consistent routine for a long period of time, they the worst thing they can get from a workout is intensity. The worst thing an instructor can say to somebody who's a new new person to exercise or has been away from exercise for a long period of time is to say, this next bit's going to be hard. Because for the new person, it's such a scary experience. And what the instructor should be doing is talking in languages that makes them feel like they're going to make it through this achieving, you know, to achieve the workout. What can we learn from that? We can learn from that that in this first stage, for those, those of you who are listening to this and are afraid of exercise, is that you need to make it in your own mind as easy as possible. You need to make it as easy as possible in your own mind. So for example, another question that often we get is, what is the best form of exercise to help me lose weight? And to be honest, one of the best ways to lose weight is to do weight-bearing exercise. So weight-bearing exercise is where... Um, you're using your body weight to you know, impact off the body, off the ground, or off some type of movement, of some kind of external force. So for example, running is a great weight-bearing exercise. The reason is it's a lot more stressful and it takes a lot more energy, so you're going to burn more energy in comparison to swimming. So swimming, it doesn't, you don't have that weight-bearing aspect, so it's, it's a little bit harder to lose weight in that, in that movement. But realistically, for a lot of people, running is so scary. <laughs> if you have been exercised in such a long time, it's going to be a really painful experience. And so you're not going to enjoy it. You're going to feel sore the next day and a sore that you're not used to. Whereas realistically, going back to what I was talking about before, in this first section, all we want you doing is to create success. So in your mind, we want you to do a movement that you know you can do right now. What is a movement that you know you could get out the door and do right now? Now I'm going to talk about different types of movement in a moment. But let's just say, for example, walking. Walking is a really easy example to use. If you've been away from exercise for a real long time and all we're trying to do is to get you to find the habit of success and movement, then do you think you could achieve a 10-minute walk today? I'm pretty sure that just about everyone listening to this show could guarantee to themselves that they could do a 10-minute walk. Like, I guarantee it. And if anything, probably that 95% of you listening to this will also think that's pretty easy. And in some ways, we're in this kind of trapped world 
where we have you know these perceptions of exercise being so much harder than maybe what it is, and so that keeps us away from it. And then the idea of doing you know ten minute walk doesn't seem like I'm going to get enough results. So that what's the point in doing that either way? But both of those places lead to inaction, and inaction leads to ultimate you know being unhealthy and into a place where you're not going to feel good about yourself. We want to stay away from the place where the perceptions is stopping us from exercising, and we want to use the rule of what do I know I can do right now to get me out the door, to get you into the habit of exercise. What do I know I can do right now? And that's going to lead me into my third point. That in the first period of success, or the first period, sorry, the first period of getting back into exercise, the goal isn't losing weight. The goal isn't being fitter. The goal isn't being, you know, um, being able to run a marathon. Those things will come. And I'm talking to the person who hasn't been in exercise for a long time right now, but this is really important. The goal is to find success in the habit of exercise. We are all different. We all have different lives. And your goal in this first period is to figure out how you can include exercise in your life. How can you make it that you can create exercise in your life? When you think back to my last two points, be realistic in your expectations of your time frame. So if you look at that, okay, well, you know, if you're really realistic about how much time you can fit in exercise in your life, well, then, you know, you'll figure out that maybe you can get 20 minutes in a day. And then you look to the second point of breaking perceptions and only going to being really easy exercise, exercise you know you can do right now, then for that 20 minutes, you know you can get a 20-minute walkout. And what that is doing is you'll be learning the success of having the habit of exercise in your life. That you'll be learning, you know, how to make sure you pack your bag in the morning so when you get home from work, it's, it's set up to go. You'll be learning how to what exercises to work towards you'll be learning you know you're learning how to include exercise in your life in a day-to-day way and I think for the person who hasn't been doing exercise for a long time that realistically this should be your only goal for three to six months I know that sounds crazy because I know we want to change our body and I know we want to get fitter and, and you know eventually maybe do bigger goals and and I'm big on all that stuff but at the same time until you can install the habit of exercise in your life you're always going to go back to that place where you're having failure around exercise, which reinforces the experience that you are a failure with exercise. And we need to get you to feel like you can win with exercise. And if you can win with exercise, eventually those those next level rewards and goals will come in your direction. I have a couple of things I I think I want to talk to here that I think go alongside with this really importantly as well. The first thing is, is to lose other measurements. What do I mean by lose other measurements? I think that, I think the thing that I really mean is that like, this is the time where you lose, you, you get rid of your scales. You throw your scales out the door. You, you, you don't test yourself against other people. You're not trying to comparison, you know, try to beat other people. You're not testing your fitness for your heart rate or anything like that. Like, those measurements at times have their place in the overall health scheme. But for the people who haven't exercised for a long time, those measurements have the potential of throwing you off the horse because let's say for example you've kept your habit up really well of, of you know you've created this expectation that you can get 20 minutes exercise in a week and you've kept it in that easy level where you can get 20 minutes walking in every week and for a couple of weeks you've been doing really well and you've got out there every day and, and you've, you're having success with the habit and starting to learn how you include exercise in your life and then you jump on the scales and you haven't lost any weight what's that going to do for you 
I imagine it's going to make you feel bad about yourself. And it will bring on negative emotions which could lead towards you losing all the success that you've created. You could probably eat bad, miss the next day's session and start to go backwards down the downward spiral towards the unhealthy place. And that's why those measurements aren't necessarily that beneficial at this time. Chances are they're going to make you feel bad about yourself and they're going to take you off the path of creating the success of habit. I want to go back to, to square one with this. I want you to you know, be conscious of those things and, and you know, take them out of your life. And then what I want you to do is to have one measurement. And the measurement is, am I creating the success habit? And I, and I, like, I, I see this as being real basic. Like I make a star chart. Remember when you're a kid and you've got, you've got a kid who you're trying to nappy train? And I know this sounds a bit, you know, but you've got a kid who you're trying to nappy train. And what do you do? You get a star truck and you just reward them every time they're doing well. And ultimately, that's what you want to do. Put a star chart on your fridge and every day you get out there and you do some exercise is a day for success. Every day you do exercise, you put a star on there and you, and you feel good about yourself because you're creating the habit. And that's what that measurement tool will do. It's all about positively reaffirming the goal of just creating the behavior. Really, and, and it is really three to six. I guarantee if you can do this for three months and you reward yourself, you're on the path towards a lifetime filled with fitness. Because what's going to happen is you're going to start to get a lot of value from the benefits of fitness. And for those who have done fitness for a long time, we know what that's like. But if you've been away from it for a period of time, it's all that perception stuff about being really hard. Whereas after a while, you'll notice that you want to go a little bit faster. You'll notice you want to go a little bit longer. You'll be breaking down the mental barriers in your head, which will open up your mind to different places you can go within yourself. Then, that's when you can start to look for outside rewards like, or bigger rewards like weight loss. And, and, and I suppose the other thing is as well is that once you start to create the habit, you tend to want to behave better in different areas. You, like, you notice it with people who have transformation with fitness is that suddenly they eat healthier. You know, suddenly they want to go to bed earlier because they want better rest. That because you're putting a focus on your healthiness in your life or the, you know, your health, that... You, you start to look for other areas where you can do that as well. So that's some of the benefits you can get with it. I suppose there's just a couple more things I want to talk about before we wrap it up. The first thing is, is that try to remove all the ways that you create pressure around yourself. Because I think, or I want to talk two things. I think the first thing is, is try to find a way that exercise is enjoyable. Now, if we go back to the second point of breaking perceptions and making it easy, still has to be really easy, okay? So still try to find an, 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 a movement that you find is really easy. But if you can find a movement that you enjoy, there's a better chance you'll get out there and do that. Now, for some of you, that will mean just looking back to your past, to look back to maybe when you were a kid, what was the thing that you enjoyed? Like, did you do dance? Maybe you could try like a Zumba class, or, or did you cycle? Maybe you could do a spin class, or go for a bike ride. Or if you like being in nature, make sure you go to places that are beautiful places to walk. You know, try to make it as easy as possible on yourself. And the other thing to do, and I'm a big believer that, that working with other people is really great as well, but sometimes the downfall of that is that that creates pressure on yourself. You know, that if you can go to a Zumba class, that's a really good place to work from. Or you go to a jam class at, you know, a gym. That's a really good place to work from. But then you might be comparing yourself to other people, which brings a negativity to yourself because you may not be as good as they are. So you just need to be a bit aware about what where different places make you work. But you might be able to find a totally, you know, for beginners walk group and 
you know, it makes you feel comfortable in that environment. I do think there's success with working with other people, so that's something to look towards as well. So try to make it enjoyable, but also try to remove any chance that's going to create a negative pressure on yourself that's going to make you feel you're not good enough. And you'll be aware of that. You'll be aware of it when you're doing it, you know, you're in, in, with a group of people and you feel that you're a failure. Remove yourself from that place straight away and just get back into your habit, go back to your star chart and work over and over and over again. There's so much more I could add to this talk and, and I, I probably will do another talk eventually for the beginner person to get them into exercise. But I wanted to do, make these three points today. The first point is be realistic in your time frame in your lives. Make sure that you know that you can fit this in and don't be unrealistic so you're only setting yourself up for failure. Everything you're doing from here forward is helping you to set up success in the habit of moving. So realistic expectations around the demands of your life. Break break the perceptions by allowing yourself to make it as easy as possible for that first three to six months. And remember that the habit is success in the early stage. That all you're focusing on, not weight loss, not getting fitter, not anything. You're just trying to win in the habit. If you can do that, if you can start moving towards that place where you feel successful with exercise, you'll notice that the barriers you have around exercise right now, where you really do have experience based on the fact that you have failed so many times, will start to dissolve and will start to disappear. And in your mind, you'll start to see exercise as a part of your life and something that you can do. The benefits are huge. The benefits for yourself physically and mentally are overwhelmingly huge. But, you know, also in the perception of what you can do with your life. Fitter people, you know, are willing to experience more things with the physical. They, they'll climb mountains, they'll, they'll go swimming in the sea, they'll, you know, they're going to experience a much more richer life and you can have that too. Also, you'll notice that the influence you have on those around you will be massive as well. Your friends and your family they will get the benefit of you being a healthier you. We all know we need to exercise, but a lot of us aren't, and it's scary that my industry is losing this battle. But I do believe you can do it, and I do believe that if you're willing to allow yourself to take these steps that I've talked about today, that you too can be successful with exercise and get all the benefits that come alongside that. Right, guys, it's uh, this month's show. Uh, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. I, I think one thing with this one is, is that I know a lot of you guys listening to the show are the next level people and, and you know, you, you're kind of sometimes looking for the higher mind stuff that I'm kind of giving out on this show. But um, if you can do me a favour, if you are one of those people, do me a favour and send this show to someone who you think can get gain from it. Um, I, I really do believe in this stuff and I really do believe that to help people move forward, we've got to help them break down those barriers and it's about them allowing themselves to do that and some of the tools I talk about in today's show will just let them see that they can do it and, and that's one of the biggest steps and so if you do me a favour send the link to the show note um, to, to a friend and just say hey listen to this there's a lot of value in it and I really appreciate that now I have created a workbook to go alongside this as always it's $3 US and you go to my website bevanjamesisles.com to get that just under the show notes here you click on the link and it just takes you through to a PayPal page, you pay it and you can download it as a PDF to your 
um, desktop. I, I have, you know, I've spent a lot of time on this workbook because I think it's really important and it's really based around the three points of, you know, creating realistic expectations, breaking perceptions, perceptions, and that habit is the success. So uh, for those of you who haven't exercised in a while, it's a really good workbook that's going to help you work through this stuff and get you into kind of three months to six months plan, you know, to move you forward where, you know, you can do it. So, um, just some other quick things. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's given donations to the show. Uh, I, last month I started to name some people and I was going to name some more people. I've got Cynthia Goldsmith gave some donation to the show. Thank you so much, Cynthia. She's from Melbourne, Australia, which is kind of cool. Andrew James from the UK gave me a donation. And then... Cliff Johnson as well, and then lastly, Sarah Reed. So those people have been given donations to the show. You know what? Quite a few people have been given donations to the show, and I really, really, really appreciate it. I don't want the show to have advertisement. I kind of want the show to be a show that's not influenced by people trying to sell you crap. Um, you know what? Maybe eventually that will happen, but at this stage, I'd rather stay away from it. I'd rather it just be a user-generated show. So the fact that people are giving some of your hard-earned money to support me doing this, I really, really appreciate it. It really does go a long way to helping the show become what it is and help me develop great content, which hopefully helps you grow. So just to those people, I really appreciate it. If you have donated and I haven't said your name out, I will be saying it out over the next few shows. So keep keep your ear out, and uh, once again, I really appreciate what you're doing. Now, I did get some emails back from last month's show, so I thought I'd just read out a couple of them to you. So first of all, I got one from Phil McPhail, and he just said, if you want to drop a line and say thank you for the podcast, in particular podcast number eight. I've been teaching international taekwondo for over 30 years, but tonight I had my best class I've had in ages. I still had the correct mistakes, of course, but my focus was on encouraging those that were performing well. I had some to demonstrate to the others, and I think I gave more positive comments than usual. The atmosphere of the class became more fun and relaxed, yet at the same time, we all worked extremely hard. A small shift in focus, huge difference in results. Thanks. So Phil obviously is doing some pretty awesome work out helping getting people get out there and do fitness as well. And I checked out his website and he's doing some pretty awesome stuff there, getting people moving with Taekwondo. And again, if we go back to a movement you love, you know, get into fighting. You know, like I, I think fighting is a great way to actually harness your energy in a way that's positive. Um, so yeah, real example, I also got a, an email through from a lady called Sue McCosker. And she was just saying that she was out training and riding up the hill the other day and she was just really struggling riding up the hill. And she decided to use the how question from last month's show. And she said that she said, how can I get to the hill to top as far, hill as fast as possible? And the shift in her thinking switched on straight away and she was able to go up to the hill in a way that she was just really, really proud of herself. And she was just saying that the how question has really helped her move forward in the way she, you know, works in her training and stuff. So it is interesting. I know that it's funny when you become a content creator, a lot of the concepts that you talk about over time may get forgotten. And I know since last month's show, I've been using the how question a lot more in my day-to-day life, you know, to, to keep me focused on what I'm trying to achieve. And I really, really feel there's a lot of benefit in that. So that's really great. If you do have any questions, you can email me about this month's show or any shows you want me to do in the future. You can email me at bevanjames.com on a bevanjames at gmail, I should say. And uh, that'd be kind of cool. Um, other than that, I'm pretty much, that's this month's show. There is some, some not sad news, but a bit of a bummer. The house I was talking about at the end of the last month's show, the one I bought with Joe, well, we had to walk away from it, which I was gutted with because um, basically it failed the builder's report. Well, the builder's report wasn't to a level that we're happy with, and so instead of moving in together next week, which we're really excited about, 
we're still not moving in together. So three years together, we're still not living together. So hopefully, the problem is right now, if I'm going to waffle on to you, the problem is, is that in Christchurch, because of the earthquake, no houses are coming on the market. And so we're ready to buy a house and nothing's coming on that, that we're ready to get. So it's a bit of a pain in the butt, but that's such as life. So hopefully we get to find a house very soon and move in together. But yeah, other than that in my life, not much is happening to be honest. I'm just kind of trucking along and getting into it. Just a couple of quick things before I wrap up. There will be a YouTube clip of this month's show. Uh, if you want to send it to your friends, send it. People seem to watch YouTube more than listen, so that's the reason I went to YouTube. So if you want to do me a favour, if you enjoyed this month's show, put it on your your Gmail or your email account. Send it out some friends. Put it on your Facebook account. You know what? If you could put it on your Facebook account, I'd really appreciate it. Just the more people I can get seeing it, the better. Uh, other than that, you guys have a wicked month, and I'll get to see you or talk to you next month. And get on there, rock on, and I'll see you next month. See you guys.